You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We'll take a glass together and we will lift it to the good life. And as we're lifting it, we will most sincerely say, we'll take a glass together. You're listening to Equity One, a podcast where two friends chat about life, theater, and everything in between. I'm Elliot Maddox. And I'm Caleb Dickey. Join us for your Equity One. Hi, Caleb. Hey, Elliot. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing really well. Oh, yeah? Why are you doing really well? Do you well? want to know why? Yeah, tell well, me all about it. Before we get to our show, we have a great show for you this week with the one and only Al Blackstone. Ooh, I love Is him. our guest. It's going to be so much fun. He's very busy. I'm glad we snagged him. I know. We snagged him for an interview, and we are so excited. It's a great It's a great episode this week. Mm-hmm. But we have an announcement to make first. It's really exciting. It's very exciting. Equity One will be doing our first ever live, live. show. That's right. You heard it. Live. Live and live in color. It's us. Caleb, it's going to be a mess. Oh, I'm, That's I'm for positive. sure. <laughs> But it's going to be fun, and you don't want to miss whatever is going to happen. <laughs> so, like, live meaning, like, studio audience. Studio audience. You can come and watch Caleb and I do an episode of Equity One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can. Well, like, tell me some more details. We're going like... to give you all the details. Um, our episode is going to be, mark your calendars, get out your planner. Flipping, flipping. Write flipping. it down. Mm-hmm. Thursday, November 2nd at 7 p.m., Thursday, November 2nd at 7 p.m. is going to be our live show. It's going to be that Thursday night at the brand new Jen Waldman Studios. Mm-hmm. And she's going to be our special guest. We will be interviewing the Jen Waldman. We are so excited that not only did she agree to be on the podcast, but she's <laughs> letting us do it at her new home. Uh-huh. We are so excited. Um, and guess what? It's free. Yeah. It's free. We only ask that you make a donation. All proceeds are going to go to Broadway Cares. It's that mm-hmm. time of year. So, um, I don't know if we'll have a red bucket, but we will. Um, we will be oh, taking. Maybe we, we could have yeah, a red bucket. We will be taking um, donations at the door. Mm-hmm. But it is a, there is a specific, only a specific number of chairs available to mm-hmm. us. So we will be having a site. The links to everything will be not only in this podcast description, but also on our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, on all our social medias, you can find the link to reserve yourself a seat and um, you can just make a donation at the door, but it's free. Free. 
free budget that's like and you, the, the information that you're going to get from Jen who if you don't know Jen Waldman is yeah. look her up she's amazing she's brilliant Jen is the best and we are so excited to have her and that she's letting us do our thing in her space. It's mm-hmm. going to be amazing. And we get to share it with all you guys. Yeah. We're going to be doing all your favorite segments live. <gasps> Merch oh. Madness, live. Audition <gasps> Horror Stories, live. <gasps> yeah. Wow. Uh, movie Moment, live. It's all going to be there. It's, it's one all going to be live right in front of your face. Fall free. For free. No edits. No edits. So don't miss it. Don't miss it. And of course, if you can't make it to the live show, we will be posting the audio of the live show to um, to your podcast app. So don't you worry about that. <laughs> but we are so excited. <laughs> so um, once you're finished listening to our episode this week, go to our social media. You can find all the information you need there. And we cannot wait to see you at our live show on Thursday, November 2nd at 7 p.m. Uh, all the information you'll need will be there after this episode so please enjoy the the one the only al Al blackstone Welcome to the program. Thank you, Lachaim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know the last time I've had a Heineken. I actually love Heineken because I fell in love with it because I went to a music festival a couple of years ago with my best friend in Ireland and all they sold us Heineken and so now I have a sip of it and it transports me back <sighs> to another I love another that when like, a, when like a food or drink like can take you somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think goat cheese takes me back to my uh, dance convention days. Mm-hmm. Goat friend, cheese? Goat cheese because my friend Billy Mikowski... Um, made her mom made us goat cheese before we went to some event. Can you be more specific about like did she just give goat cheese on a plate? Or no, it was like it, it was like, like hot, it, was she, it was like hot goat cheese and they got this cute little dish. And wow, that's so nice. You know, like, this is a question. What do you what did you dip with the goat cheese? Because I like I think that's a really interesting thing. What what people use to dip hot dips? Um, a little. Like a pita? Uh, no, it's a pita, but a thick pita. Like, you know that dense bread that's kind of uh-huh. like, it's like a, it's, it's oval, you know like what I'm talking about? loaf. Yeah. To sustain you. Yeah. To sustain mm-hmm. you. Yeah, because those dance competition days. Oh, they are intense. I remember. Mm-hmm. Did you both do that? Oh, yes. Yeah, like, that's me too. Mm-hmm. That's where you met. We met at a uh, International Dance Challenge. Oh my God, IDC. In the dressing room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. Mm. Yep. Yep. Were you like very competitive? Because I remember like there were always like only three or four boys in the dressing room. If we had a dressing room, usually it was mm-hmm. the bath- bathroom. Oh, yeah. And it was always like not a friendly feel in there because you were like not used to. I wasn't used to being around right. other boys. So it was like, oh, they No, neither was I, but I wasn't like. We hit it off. Yeah. We okay. were we were cordial. Wow. You know um, Ben Lanham? Uh-huh. Like, it was... Yeah. We're all, like, Ohio, Kentucky Got boys. So ben and all... I were more competitive. Got it. Because I saw Ben more often on the circuit. Mm-hmm. We would chat together and it would be like... Yeah. Wow, you guys are so good. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's yeah. good. That's a good story. Uh-huh. Al, thanks for coming on our program. We are so glad to finally all be in the same room together. Yeah, it was a bit of a You're challenge. You're a hot talk. You're a hot ticket. You hot are a busy, busy <laughs> boy, Mr. <laughs> Blackstone. Uh, and yes, I'm very fortunate to have been busy lately. But now I have a, like a week of sort of normalcy, which is really, I'm really excited. That's about. really nice. And go ahead. What are you doing with it? Well, I'm teaching my classes, which I'm excited to get back to because it's my favorite thing to do in the world. 
So I'll teach today and tomorrow and Thursday. And then this weekend is my birthday. <gasps> I'm not going to say that on the podcast, but um, um, it's over 30 and okay. it's under 40. Great. <laughs> and um, I'm actually throwing a party. So this is a, this is a big deal. That's yes. what we're talking about. So I started with my friend Heather Lang and the, uh, the first thing called soul therapy, which was basically... Heather lived next door to me, and some of you may know Heather Lang. She's been on, in a few Broadway shows, and she's done a lot of concert work, and she's kind of a uh, fixture in the New York dance community. And she happened to be, very luckily, my next-door neighbor when I went to NYU when I was 17 years old. Okay. Uh-huh. And she sort of introduced me to like house music and, uh, and improv and all these sorts of things, and club culture in New York, which has mm-hmm. been something that I've always loved. And so her and I decided to start this fundraiser party uh, to benefit the ACLU. I think our first one was like six months ago. Yeah, I remember when it first happened, yeah. And um, her husband is a fantastic house DJ, and his two friends are also amazing DJs. So we were were able to get a space donated, so we started this thing called Soul Therapy. And we do it every month now, and every single one is a different for a different cause. So this one happened to fall on my birthday, and we are raising money for Puerto Rico and Hurricane Relief and for the U.S. Virgin Islands. So um, we're super psyched, and everyone should be there. I, I hope to see you there. It's at a place called The Black Flamingo. No, Black Flamingo. No, not the. Not that because there's a place called The Black Flamingo in Red Hook, which okay. is a very different bar. Then, oh, there's, sure. <laughs> then there's Black Flamingo in Williamsburg. Okay. Um, and it's on Sunday. Yeah. Okay. So it's on Sunday. Um, the date on Sunday will be October, October 29th. At yeah. what time? 6 p.m. to midnight. To midnight. And there's, it's just a dance party. Yeah, you pay whatever you want. You can pay a dollar. You can pay twenty dollars. Oh my god! A night on the town for one dollar to twenty dollars. And, we I mean, pro- I mean, and it goes to charity. I mean, yes, of course, all of those to charity. Of course, you have to buy beverages. I mean, yeah, you don't have to, but they have really good margaritas. It's like a Mexican restaurant upstairs, and oh, the club cool. is downstairs. Yeah, so it's really fun. It's a good vibe. If you've never been, you've been. I don't think I have. Oh my God, gentlemen. Well, because I I usually have a show, a show. or something, so like mm-hmm. I haven't been able to go. It's worth coming, and you usually go to like one usually. So if you have yeah. a show and you're out at eleven, you should still make an appearance. And everyone always goes out afterwards. So fun! Okay. It's yeah. a full night. Talk about what what made you want to start that? I mean, obviously you're like you're like love of the culture, but that's something different. You know what I mean? What made you want to start something? Like yeah, that. I think Heather and I had sort of, we, we'd always talked about it, but I think even both of us were passionate about it even for different reasons. I think I, first of all, was teaching class and was realizing that people are really not, don't have a space to come together. I think dancers don't really have a space to come together that's not in a dance class or in an audition. Totally, yeah. Where they can just hang out and it doesn't feel like an industry event. Yeah. yeah. And where also you can practice enjoying yourself to music, which I actually think is a really important thing because for me, I obviously am choreographing every day. So every day I have to like wake up and make up dance steps and come up and make decisions and dance has become really a job in a big way. Mm-hmm. So going out dancing has become a way for me to remember why I like to do it. And sort of, I like to say it's sort of like being seven or eight years old again and sort of just like taking all the rules away from it. Yeah, totally. It's organic. It is. And it makes me feel really good and it makes me feel good to do it with friends and, and I love the music. So it just felt like for me, I was excited to have create a space and try to get people from the theater community to participate in it. And my favorite part is that people always make friends or they always make out with someone new. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know. that's a weekend. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's what you want to do at a, a party. A dollar and a make out? Hey. Yeah. And a taco. Oh. <laughs> and a taco. Okay. Okay. So see, that's a game changer. Like if you can mm-hmm. go upstairs and get food. That's really how good How does the food go? Food go? Know? No, it goes till midnight. 
I believe. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's really good. I can't really think of a reason you wouldn't go unless, like, you came down with the chicken pox. I could understand that. My someone was telling me they got what's the adult a sty? No, like adult measles. No, um, a shingles. Shingles in their eye. <gasps> oh God, that's a bad day. Yeah, yeah shingles in their eye. So I wouldn't want to go to a club dancing if I had shingles in my eye. Please don't. No. Yeah, please. But maybe stay we'll do like a live, we'll do a live stream or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just FaceTime you. But like, <laughs> with a patch. <laughs> oh my God, that is too funny. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, let's talk about your classes because that's where kind of like people get to. We were. That's where we kind of met yeah, you and got met, to know yeah. you and. And I think it, it was interesting how you talked about dancers not really having a place to gather that's not like class and does, doesn't feel like um, an industry pressure on it. And I think one of the reasons that a lot of people are drawn to your class, myself included, is that it, it has that non-industry pressure feeling, you know? It doesn't feel like you're auditioning. It feels like it's, it's fun and you're with people and you're like doing what you love to do. So thank you. Why do you, well, thank you. Why do you, um, what, what made you make your class like that? And why do you think people are drawn to it? And what draws you to teaching? That's like seven questions. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Let's hear it. I think, I mean, it took me a while to figure out what my class was. And also it's changed for me what it is now. You know, I think when you first mm-hmm. start teaching in New York and I was like 22, or 23, I, I, I wanted to just sort of like sh- t- show people who I was and what I could do. And yeah. it was really wasn't about what I could give to people. Uh-huh. But then I realized that people so desperately need a space to feel safe and to, f- and to just like remember what it's like to love dancing. And, uh-huh. um, and I was lucky. I had teachers that were about that. You know, my parents were my teachers and my mom, I think probably loves dance more than anyone else I've ever met in my life and is really amazing at teaching other people how to love it. So I think that eventually over time, I sort of realized that I learned that from her and I wanted to give it. And as I started to give it in class in small ways, you realize it was just really um, making people open up in a way that I think they were responding to. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it feeds itself. It's like, I feel that. And then I want to, then I was like, oh shit, I can maintain, I can facilitate an environment where people can feel that way. Um, so, and I love doing that. It makes me very happy. And it, I think it's also turned into, for me, a community building space. Like, it does really feel like people come to class and uh-huh. it's like we get to be together and we get to listen to this music and we get to just make mistakes. And sometimes we're fierce and sometimes we're not, but that's really not the point. Mm-hmm. And that's not certainly why I'm teaching class. Like, I just love facilitating a space where people can enjoy and feel good. The other person I think that taught me how to do that was Doug Caldwell, which was a big lyrical teacher in L.A., and the convention teacher on Tremaine. And when I was a kid, we would take his class and it, everyone would say like, it felt like you were going to church. And I think that I was really inspired by the way he was able to like turn a room into something that felt really positive and safe. And so I tried really hard to do that. And luckily I think people have responded to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I love about your class is during the warm up, you make us all like run around and stop and actually like meet someone new. And I always like, you know, that time when you're like, I really don't want to meet somebody. <laughs> <laughs> like, I honestly like try and like meet someone new and like, yeah, hear them out. Yeah, because like, sometimes from and stuff like sometimes that can be cringy. Like, yeah, totally. Like you're like, don't turn, turn around, run across the room, like say, but it, it doesn't feel like that. Some days you don't really, you know, some days you can brush it off, but some days it's like, some days it it is nice to like say 
like look at someone and say hi yeah. when you're like dodging people on the subway yeah. and like running to class like with your headphones in. And yeah. realize that like, and just look at someone, like realize that there's a bunch of other people in that room that are mm. sort of like, they're all... Going through a similar thing. Yeah. Well. And sort of like, let's just like ignore the mirror for a second and realize that we're just like a bunch of people in this room and it's like kind of weird what we're doing here in the first place. <laughs> yeah. But I think one of the things that's been helpful is that there are the people that have responded to it have become truly, I think, leaders in the class. And I think that like at that moment, there's so many people that are just like so used to it and so brave that you're just, you can feel everyone be like, how are you? Like, and then you're like, oh, okay. You know, and you sort of go along on the ride. And mm-hmm. I think if people didn't have the courage to, to do, to be that brave, in the space, I think other people wouldn't then get the courage. You know, it yeah, yeah. sort of totally. feeds itself. Um, and then by the time you get to the combo, you're like, feel like a person and you've met someone and yeah, yeah. And you're cheering like, them on. It's just like, yeah, yeah, it's a party. Yeah. It's like a party. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot of people that probably like think it's crazy, but it's, it work. It, it's what I, uh, it's the way I would like class to be. And I'm sure it will it yeah. evolve over time into something else. Yeah. Maybe, you know, that's the whole point, right? Yeah, exactly. Always <laughs> changing. Wait, tell us about um, American Dance Spectacular. Spectacular. American Dance Spectacular. Uh, we premiered it on Saturday at Pace University at the Schimmel Center. And it's uh, going to have one more performance on Saturday, this Saturday, the 28th, at the Kingsboro Community College in um, Brighton Beach, Brooklyn. Okay. Uh, it's a little far. But the show is essentially a guy named Dan Levine and uh, is a is a director and creator, and we created a show called Born to Dance for Princess Cruise Lines. Oh, right, yeah. Um, which was a super positive experience for me, and we had a great time working on it. And uh, our music director is Brian Perry from Wicked. He's the music <laughs> director of Wicked, who's just a super genius um, music director and arranger. And we just basically liked working together and wanted to do another show. So we had an opportunity to, to hit these three theaters. We did uh, Schimmel Center. We performed uh, on Sunday at Ridgefield in Ridgefield, Connecticut. At the, at the Richfield Playhouse and then this Saturday at Kingsboro. And the show is basically the evolution of the dance in America from the waltz through today. So yeah, it's literally like, I mean, it goes waltz, Lindy Hop, swing, turkey trot. I mean, it just sort of goes. That's so fun. Yeah, yeah it was very challenging. <laughs> like, what was the, what was the uh, research like? Because um, were you, were you uh, well-versed in all no, those? No, 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 no. <laughs> Although luckily, it's like so funny. Like luckily, when I was uh, uh, about 13, my parents and I and my sister performed The Hustle for my parents' dancer studio's recital. Amazing. Um, and we like had hustle lessons, and me and my sister hustled together, oh. and my parents hustled together. And that actually came in handy because I actually remembered mm-hmm. quite a bit of it. Um but it was hard, yeah. And we only had two weeks to to create it and and it fast. Yeah, it was really fast. The dancers had to learn basically like two numbers a day, and yeah, it was really it was intense. But they are extraordinary, uh, and and it's you know, and they pull it off so beautifully. You know, it's not easy to go from doing the waltz and then suddenly be twerking, which is yeah. essentially what they're yeah. doing. Yeah, yeah. When you get to here, yeah, it could be pretty. Yeah, it could be pretty scary, like or like cringy. Like mm-hmm. there were moments where I was like, this could be so cringy, but they sure pull it off and also Brian's music you're like how is a band going to play Vogue and how is that going to feel like you're listening to Vogue on the 7 train which is like what I do you know what I mean Uh and it's he did such an incredible job so I'm really proud of it and you should come check it out American Dance Spectacular on Saturday where can they find tickets for that they can um, they're going to have to Google (laughs) (laughs) and Kingsboro Community College it'll it'll come right so get your pocket computer out and search away um yeah. Yeah. So you met Brian, I assume, working on Wicked. I actually didn't. Oh, okay. we miss each other. I, 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 
never crossed paths with Brian when I was at Wicked, and and then I think he took over shortly after I left. So we hadn't met each other until we worked together on oh, Orange wow. Dance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, talk about your time on Wicked. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, I auditioned for it eight times. Um, as I'm sure most people have that story, yeah. right? But like eight times where I like did the full to day, the end. Okay. Uh, all the way to the end, all the way to partnering, mm-hmm. you know, just like over and over again. And I, I really, I tell that story a lot because I, there were definitely times where I got the call and I was like, why am I going to go? You know, you're just like, why should I go? Yeah. I've done this so many times. Like, mm-hmm. why should I go? Mm-hmm. And I be- really believe that if I hadn't kept going, I would, they just, I wouldn't have gotten the job. So, cause I struggled for sure. I think I, was always choreographing and teaching a lot, even mm-hmm. when I was auditioning and trying to perform. And mm-hmm. it was always a struggle for me. Like I didn't, I, I wasn't super committed to auditioning. It wasn't a hundred percent in, yeah. you know, cause it's like, you're supposed to go to it's everything balance, and like, life. it's an art sure. form. It's a, and I was always sort of like missing auditions and sort of skipping them because I wanted to teach instead or because, you know, and, and probably also cause I was afraid that I was going to get cut. Um, <laughs> you know, to be honest. So, um, but I was very persistent with Wicked. I always loved the way that choreography felt in my body, and it always felt like I was supposed to be in that room. And then finally, it happened, and um, it was amazing. I did it on tour for a year with my best friend, which was like so fun. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like probably like if the two of you went on tour together, we'd have a blast. Trouble. Yeah. It was it, it was <laughs> trouble. It was, really, it was one of the happiest times of my life, and and then uh, came back and and did it here for six uh, eight months. Okay. And then retired from performing. Basically, Same like, way. right. Thank you, Wicked. Yeah. I mean, I. It's hard because Wicked's boy well, was back then it was pretty fresh, but now it's kind of like a machine, don't you think? Mm. I mean, I can't speak because I don't. I haven't seen it, mm, and I, I haven't been it. there. Right. I think my experience of it wasn't because it was new for me at that time. I think I don't want to make it sound like I did the show and then I was like, I don't want to perform anymore. It's just sort of life. Mm-hmm. Sort of intersected, and I think, sure. mm-hmm. and I think because I had made my Broadway debut, I felt a lot less pressure to continue. Totally, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's a sad thing the way that that has a grip on us. You know, where you're just like want to check that box so badly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started focusing on choreography shortly after that, and and I didn't think that I wasn't going to audition anymore. It just sort of happened, and mm-hmm. I I was so happy doing what I was doing that I never I never went to another ECC again. <laughs> my sister was asking what a no-fly show was and I had a little giggle and so should we, well should we do a vocabulus yeah let's do a vocabulary. Oh, I love okay. okay so we have a segment here where when um, when our lovely listeners who don't know what the fuck we're talking about okay. hear something they can ask us and then we tell them in our segment called vocabulus wait what did they say Please explain, it's vocabulous, baby. So, um, a no-fly show in Wicked. I'll tell it. Tell, tell no, 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 no. Did you ever, no, did you no. ever experience a no-fly show? No. Were you ever that lucky? No. Mm-mm. Never did, but I want you to do it, so I feel like it'd be more thorough. <laughs> well, a no-fly show in Wicked, essentially, you know, a unicorn. Unicorn. goes up on a cherry picker yep. to fly above yep. um, the citizen's boss. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as, as all machines, fail, that machine fails sometimes, and she doesn't go up. So she can't. Which is just like the most spectacular moment of that. It's like literally like you're like I've said it a million times, if someone can please get me tickets to a no-fly show, that would be just genius. <laughs> yeah. um, but, um, and, but, the, but you know, the show must go on. So there's a plan B, and the ensemble must run in and, and drop cower. to the ground and cower. <laughs> 
in terror of flying Elphaba while uh, she's just standing probably 5'7". <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're lucky, let's be honest. Yeah, like, we're lucky above them. Um, but I said to Jesse, the fiercest part is she's like, I'm not flying. I have to like be really fierce when I yeah, say this. Yeah, you have now. to. It's you don't sing the shit uh, out of a no fly show. Now, my question is, do you think that people like in the audience that haven't seen the show no. are like, are do they? You mean they know something's wrong? You know, they like think that like, I, or do you think they're so transported by like the drama and like the vocals, <laughs> the ensemble, the ensemble just like selling like. <laughs> Or they're just like waiting for her to go, right? Yeah. Waiting for her to go out, yeah. waiting for her to go up, and the lights go out, and they're like, ah! <laughs> but I also think that maybe, like, you know how audiences like live when things go wrong, or like they have to like hold the show, or they can yes, tell when I something like yeah, goes wrong. That story. When I saw they have the best story. Day. Yeah. I was living for Groundhog Day because those turntables of death weren't working. You were there for that. Yeah. You for I love that show so yeah. much. It was gorgeous. Love that show. It was so cool. Mm-hmm. Come on. Back to her. That car chase. Was really, really spectacular. Yeah. People found. Yeah. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? We can't do anything about it. No, and we're all gonna die anyway. You know, the show wouldn't last forever. <laughs> it's actually true. <laughs> It'll live on in me until I'm dead. And with that, it's the last episode of Equity One. <laughs> uh, just, let's talk about death now. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's Halloween. <laughs> yeah, it's spooky. Are you guys going to dress up for Halloween? Uh Uh-huh. I want to know. I am not at liberty to discuss my Halloween costume yet, but it's pretty brilliant. It's brilliant. Okay, what about I'm really good at Halloween. Um, I'm going to do a photo shoot for Halloween, I think. Like, not actually go out Not actually go out, yeah. But it's going to be Rococo Punk. I got my wig. It's like a nice, like, French updo. I'm going to do some, like, powder wig. Michael Ferguson. Thanks, Michael, for the hookup. Um, and we have like a lot of like jewelry, mm. just kind of like. I love that. So you'll just post instead of going just out. Just post, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you just post and watch the reactions, yeah. You like wait for the prime, like the peak time to post, and then you're like, yeah. send the draft. Yeah. Getting home. But it's interesting that this year it's like on a weekday, so it's yeah. Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday. I like that though, because when it's on like a Saturday, you're like, you I'm never going to get home. Saturday, yeah, Sunday. you're never going to get, and you're just never going to get home that night. Like, yeah, it's, it's a nightmare. We were talking one time I was working at a bar on Halloween, and it was the same night that when the clocks fell back, mm. and so I just never got home. It was like a he never made twilight it. zone. Like you still haven't gotten home? <laughs> I still haven't gotten home. I'm stuck <laughs> in that bar. He's trying to get like, home. He's just like, <laughs> Aren't we all? Yes. Just trying to get home. <laughs> no, I'm really excited. What are you going to be for Halloween? I'm torn. Okay. Because I my plan was to be Eddie Munster because I've always felt okay. a little bit like Eddie Munster uh-huh. because I'm, if you don't know, I'm very pale and I have widow's speak. So I was like, work, I'm going to be like Eddie Munster on his 30th birthday. I love that. <laughs> and I um, was all into it, but I, I'm having second thoughts. And okay, I, what, what? what prompted this? Well, because it's a hot, it's hot, it's a blazer, it's like a very heavy corridor blazer, and like... I'm hot right now. And I don't know that I'm gonna feel, like, super, like, I mean, good in well, that and that's what I'm saying, like, could, like, is there, like, a sexier version, like, where you can, like, feel yourself a little bit more and also be cooler? I, I'd have to figure it, and I'd have to figure out how to do it without the blazer, which I think would be hard. 
But I've been Pee Wee Herman before a couple of times. Solid, mm-hmm. solid. And it's solid, and I, it feels right. Like, I just feel, yeah. and it's my birthday. So I'm thinking maybe I'll do that, but I'm thinking maybe I'll do, like, some sort of zombie Pee Wee Herman. Oh, great. Oh, I, I love that. A variation. So a twist. Yeah, yeah, if I do that, and then, because then, plus, I can wear a short sleeve white shirt underneath it, and then I can be dancing, yeah. and I don't want mm-hmm. it to be so hot. Yeah. And, yeah, I just got to figure out the right makeup. That's what I'm leaning towards. I have a bruised packet if you want to borrow it. You do. I do. So it would be like Pee Wee Herman, like, at, like after a bar fight. Maybe. Because I was uh, attacked at an ECC last year. I'm so sorry. I had some, like, bruises. That was my costume. Yeah, oh, that's brilliant. So okay, I had some, like, bruises and, like, blood from. Oh, that's really good. Person. That's really good. I'm going to tell you my costume, but I'm just going to edit it out. Okay, good. Um, I'm going to be. That is genius. I think you should have multiple ones where they keep going, but he says that's too much. That is way too complicated. Caleb has a really complicated idea to like- It would be this For for a costume that is like really easily executed. Okay. Just like- Well, wait a minute. Now here's where I put pressure on you. Where are you going to wear these? Like, where are you going? Well, I'm going to a friend's housewarming. On Saturday? On Halloween. On Halloween. Okay. And then I'm going to go out to a bar after. Because we're thinking about even having a nightmare on 150th Street. On, on actual Halloween? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I want to go out to a bar so people can see the costume. Yeah, you need to be, but you need to be at a theater bar. Mm-hmm. Like where? You need to be like in Midtown. I need to bring I know, I need to be in Midtown. You need to be in Midtown. Or you could be at It's more public. fun there anyway. I think that it will be fun, yeah. Yeah. In, you should go to industry. I mean, yeah. get it? Ha- hello. Uh, this crazy industry. <laughs> bar. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm excited about Halloween. Um, what else do we have to talk about? The view upstairs. Oh, yeah! We wanted to talk about We that. saw it, and we were at a nice, cute little dinner table. They were one of the tables. Did you come early in the process, or was it... Well, yes, Jenny Ainsworth, mm-hmm. one of the producers, yeah. was working on Charlie. Oh, yes. So, we all got tickets to come see the show, oh. and we had so much fun. Yeah. Tell us about... Give us a... Uh, yeah, uh, well, The View Upstairs was a, an off-Broadway musical written by Max Vernon and directed by Scott Ebersold that um, played at the um, Lynn Ray Grave Theater in downtown Manhattan. I think uh, we opened in, gosh, I'm so bad with time. That was in, like, February. Yeah, it was the winter. And um, I was the choreographer, and it tells a story based on a true story of a gay bar in New Orleans in the 1970s that was set on fire where... Um, a bunch of people died, unfortunately, very tragic. Probably the biggest, it was the biggest attack on homosexuals until the Pulse. Until And um, it was a really, probably one of the most special experiences I've ever, I've ever had working on something. I remember interviewing, I was working on the cruise ship, setting up that show when I interviewed for the job with mm-hmm. Scott. And it was interesting because we had this conversation about like, how relevant really is this show now? Because, uh, we were all preparing for Hillary to be our president. Right. And so it was sort of like, yeah, we're, you know, we're very aware of it and we're trying to figure out like how, you know, because we do, we do feel like we've come so far and because the story tells the, it tells the story of someone from today who goes back to that right. bar yep. and meets all of these people and is sort of has a new perspective on what it is to be a gay man, um, or even just a human, um, mm-hmm. in today's world. And, um, 
we had this whole conversation because we, everyone was just so certain and so confident that Hillary uh -huh. was going to win. And then Trump was elected. And then I come back to New York and I'm, everyone's devastated and in the tizzy. And I was so lucky to be able to work on something that was so political and so gay. <laughs> and so, I mean, just so, it was really cathartic to work on something that just felt really connected to yeah. uh, what everyone was going through here yeah. in New York. And I loved it so much. I was really, really proud of it. And it was really hard uh a hard piece for me personally because it's not necessarily a dance piece right no yeah you know and there was very little space and it was an immersive uh, experience and it was my first really you know musical in new york and but the experience was gold and it was really amazing and and i i miss going there every day you know it was just yeah. really safe space to be in the environment was just like welcoming it was so cool it was really mm -hmm. cool that's really interesting to me that that you that the team was like well, is this relevant? I mean, this is going to, because when we saw it, uh, that means a, a lot of work, a lot of changes must have been done. I mean, it, it must have like brought a whole new aspect to the piece because mm -hmm. it was very, um, very like ripped from the headlines. Yes. Yeah. Especially Absolutely. the main character. Yeah. Absolutely. Just talking about Trump and, stuff, and yeah. talking yes. about, you know, yes. I mean, yes, there were a lot of really brilliant adjustments so made. That's, that's exciting too, is like when there's something that you're working on that's, that, um, that they grow even more yes. and that even something terrible can like bring a whole new life to a, to something creative that you're doing. Yeah. I think it's the, the dream to be able to work in, to work on a piece that it was literally changing every day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And to be able to work on a piece that is going to be seen by people that you feel like you can actually comment on what's happening right now. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's partially why people responded so beautifully to it. And then it also just was so rooted in the past and rooted in history, mm -hmm. you know, that I think it just, it was a really special sort of meeting of, unfortunately, you know, a show yeah. that we really needed, you know, it would yeah. be great to say like, we don't need a show that talks about yeah. race or that talks about, you know, um, narcissism or that talks hate about crimes hate crimes, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, it would be great that we did to, to not need those reasons. <laughs> we live in a world where we but really do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. beautiful. And I do highly recommend checking out the recording. They did a, a cast album. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome. It's gorgeous. It's really good. That lives on yeah. Yeah, the view upstairs. Yeah. I want to talk with you about, um, speaking of things that like say something that a lot of people see, mm -hmm. what, I want to talk about what it's like working on So You Think You Can Dance. Okay. Yeah. Because I think it's so interesting how fast it seemingly goes to the audience. Mm -hmm. And um, I, so I want to hear what your experiences have been like working on So You Think You Can Dance. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like... Um, I grew up watching it, right? Totally. And, I, and totally. I, I definitely was very inspired by it and very, I think, influenced by it. Um, so for me to do it that first time was a really kind of surreal experience. Um, and it is incredibly fast. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's definitely not for everybody. I, I, I find it actually quite comfortable weirdly i don't know i mean i hmm. i think it's a good test for me and in, in like trusting my instincts and making things work immediately but it's not unlike theater in that way right no. like when are yeah. you ever in a rehearsal process where you just have like tons of time no, to figure sure. something out? you know so it was really just became an extension of what it's like to work on a musical i think yeah. in new york mm -hmm. city but also um i don't have anyone I, I i get to sort of pick a song and tell my own story which is what my oh, favorite thing about cool. it yeah also you're like you get to come up with like camera angles don't you and like yeah. you say i want this costume and it shows up yes yes and that's really fun i mean definitely like I, you, there's there's definitely a, a lot of um 
I get a lot of help and guidance and sort of like what ideas they think would work and what they don't. It's sure. not like I can do anything I mm-hmm. want. And then you don't know who you have until truly yeah. the day before, which yeah. is really how that works. And so you, interesting. Okay. I've literally had to change a concept based on because their talent too. Yes, and who they are. So what like because there was a season where you worked with like children. Mm-hmm. What was that like? I mean, for me, it was super comfortable because I grew up in a dance studio and mm-hmm. I taught kids. I'm a, I still teach kids on convention and yeah. stuff. So, I mean, for me, actually, it was very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was lucky enough to have JT, who was just so, you know, I mean, all, all the kids I had were amazing. But, you know, of course, that was special for me because he, you know, my, Doug Caldwell, who I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. who was a teacher of mine, had recently passed away. And, and I... And he had always danced to Mr. Bojangles, like in the Tremaine faculty shows. He sure. Mm-hmm. Them. And so, oh, and wow. I had already picked that song. And so we got it cleared. And then I found out that Doug had passed away. And then I, like a week later, was going to work, make the duet. Wow. And so it just felt really connected to something that felt really personal to me. And, totally. and for me, like, you know, even like the view upstairs or any work for me that feels personal is always going to be yeah. your best work, I think, because you totally. really mean it. Yeah. Um, so that was a very special experience but it's great i mean you know and i've had a very warm experience like everyone that has i've met working on the show including you know the producer jeff thacker has been warm and encouraging and kind and lovely so you know for me it feels like going home a little bit now this is my fourth season and you know, especially because the All-Stars were there this season. So mm-hmm. they're people that I've worked with before. And uh-huh. You're like, oh, friends. You're like, yeah, uh-huh. it's kind of great. It's a great gig. And I feel lucky that I get to go there and do that and sort of leave the bubble that is New York theater and yeah. sort of be in a totally different, different bubble. There's different dancers out there, too. Yes. Right? Yeah. 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 And that people here still get to see it, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, have a, I have another question on it. And we might edit this out because it might not be interesting. Since it is like a reality competition program, mm-hmm. like... Are there storylines pushed? Yes. Okay. I mean, I would say yes. Sure. Um, I just always think, I think it's fascinating. I love, like, the aspects of, like, what it takes to, uh, we're opening another. We're having another beer. I I mean, yeah, I think that they definitely time the release of information in a certain way, you know, that. It's beating around the bush a little bit. Exactly. They're just saying it, but just like. Yes. I don't think, I don't think that they create, they definitely don't create drama that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. I've never seen that happen, but I think they certainly, if they, if they know something, a a certain storyline is going to work really well, you know, with an emotional contemporary routine, they say, you know, of course that's what they, so it's just. Right. So like if, if someone one week was like we love your technique but you're just not showing any personality would they by chance be handed a theater piece next week well those actually really are randomly Real- oh, okay wow. i remember they used to show them pulling them okay. out of a hat and they would be like Foxtrot. Yeah, you're right. They don't do that anymore. But yeah, no, they with do. With the Casa Doble. I remember they, that one. They're always like... Oh, that actually <laughs> is still random. Yeah. But I think one of the things that they do is like, I have four, three or four ideas uh-huh. maybe cleared, right? Or two or three ideas cleared. And, and then based on who I get, I can adjust what routine, right? So maybe sure. there's a comedic routine and maybe if they want to really show someone's product, you know, maybe we go with a comedic routine because we want to really try to bring that out or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. But it, it is, it's, it's, it's pretty real. Okay. That's good to know. I'm just always fascinated by that. How tall is Kat Dealey? She's just always like in like a five inch stiletto and I'm always just like, you are gorgeous. My guess would be f- like a five eight. Really? Yeah. She's, I think, but I, I, she's always in heels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I'd say five eight five nine. Okay. 
That's what I want to know. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Cat Daily Redison. I've never gotten to meet her. Really? No. Never ever? Never ever. I've never met her. Isn't that crazy? And I've done the show for four seasons. Never ever. Because she comes in, you know, with her dress rehearsal. Yeah. She does her gig and then we do the taping and the taping just happens so fast and it's yeah. so wild and I've never been and like, you guys are in, like I should just be like, yeah, like I just want to be I just want to be high. Like everyone Gigi. in the room is like, yes. You know, yeah. I do. I love her. Ugh. She's a great host. She's, so she's really good. She really is. She's been I nominated mean, for the Emmy several times. She has? Yes. She has. Very deservedly. I mean, she's a great host yeah. of that show. She has not aged a day, I don't think. I, don't, I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. Is she a vampire? Is she a vampire? <laughs> oh my god, someone should do Cat Dealy Vampire. <gasps> That's a good costume. My blonde, my blonde and styled. I know, but my blonde was next year. Next year, Liz Pacini, we're looking at you. Oh, oh yeah, vampire so cat dealer. Yeah. Should be really good, cat dealer zombie or cat dealer zombie. I mean, that's not, I'm just yeah. my new. Easy. I'm just throw zombie at the end of anything. Hello, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm in like a sexy zombie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's like you want to have a kind of devil zombie. Like, yeah. What? Who is the famous zombie? Um, zombie Rob zombie. A Rob zombie. Yeah. Zombie Rob zombie. Something. Well, it's time for. Uh, one of our segments here at the show. Al, if you don't know, I collect uh, show t-shirts, show merchandise. It's one of my passion projects in my life. And so um, I do a segment called Merch Madness, where I review uh, two items against each other and choose a winner. So here it is. Do you get to choose the winner? I choose the winner, but we do have audience uh, votes on what they think. Okay. Uh, So here is this week's Merch Madness. In the news this week, very exciting, um, the carousel marquee featured all the names of the people in the show, including the ensemble members in Swings. Mm-hmm. So cool. Really, yeah. really, really cool. So I decided, and you have done carousel. Yes, with Josh Pergas at Barrington Stages. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. I was the dance captain. I don't want to. <gasps> oh. Carnival oh. Boy. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's my dream role. Work. Mm-hmm. I grew up on that movie. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus so i thought that this week i would do a rogers and hammerstein edition of merch madness so i have two pieces of merchandise here i have a uh, t-shirt here from the lincoln center production of the king and i starring my favorite kelly o'hara tony award winning tony award winner bitch finally 
Anywho, this is a really nice purple shirt. It's a dark purple. I really like a the plum. color of this. I was gonna say a plum. plum. Totally a plum with like a like a gray undertone there. With the um the classic, you know, painted sketch design of the show so, posters yeah. at Lincoln Center. So Lincoln Center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so very Lincoln Center. I love this shirt. I wear this shirt all the time. I love this shirt. First of all, I love Miss Kelly. But I love the um, the contrast of the orange and yellow mm-hmm. on the purple. Mm-hmm. It's just like a really good. This is like a very solid show shirt for me. Wow. Um, it's a it's a staple in my collection. Then I have another um, another piece of merchandise <gasps> from a Lincoln Center Theater production. Oh my God. I love this, starring story. Kelly O'Hara. Go this figure. is my South Pacific merchandise. Now this merchandise I got at the Broadway Flea Market two years ago. I want to say. This is a child's <laughs> small <laughs> sweatshirt. <laughs> that fits me. Work. Yes. I just didn't hold 30, so. Oh, yes, you're really cool. um, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, this is a really interesting piece of show merchandise. I've never seen anything like it. No. On the front, it just has the Lincoln Center, like, because um, you know the no. South Pacific logo had all of the characters painted yeah. kind of like mishmash all together. So this is just Kelly in her little sailor suit embroidered mm-hmm. on the sweatshirt, which is very rare. You don't really see mm-hmm. that um, on show merchandise. It's usually screen printed. So there she is, just embroidered in the center of this black sweatshirt. I think that's kind of over. I would wear that. I, I know, but I couldn't I love make it. it into like a crop top, cut off the sleeves kind of sweatshirt. And this, and has a, this would be a crop top on you. I know. I, I'm tempted to buy it from you. Nope. I wouldn't like it's mine. Mm-hmm. And on the back, of course, behind the neck, as most um, as well as this one did. Do has um, South Pacific Lincoln Center Theater on the back. I gotta tell you, this week was tough for me. I love these shirts. I love both of them. On one hand, you have the King and I shirt. I wear it all the time. On the other hand, you have this sweatshirt that is just so special. You found it. That's the other thing. I found, found it. it. It fits it was me. A fa- it was a find. It's That's... different. Now, on my personal Instagram, mm-hmm. <laughs> the people spoke, and 61% believe that my South Pacific sweatshirt will win Merch Madness this week, and 39% voted for the King and I. On the Equity One Instagram account, the people spoke, and what did they say? They said... <gasps> for the King and I, and 40% for South Pacific. Wow. So, yeah, average those together. I didn't go to school for math, but that's 50-50. Yeah, that's a tie. Well, who is the tiebreaker? I want to change my vote, actually, now that I'm seeing them in person. Kayla, let me build some drama. (laughs) I'm so torn. (laughs) The people are torn. I think who won what the popular vote and who won the votes. What will I choose? Is this what it really comes down to? In I couldn't. I couldn't pick them based on their leading lady. It'd be a tie. <laughs> <laughs> it would this be a tie. You couldn't pick it on the theater either, cause you know what? It's Lincoln Center. You know what they say. You know what I say. I said it before. I'll say it again. Say it. In this, in another week, in another heat, it might have worked out differently for one of these pieces of merchandise. Mm-hmm. But I have to tell you. The winner of this week's Merch Madness is my South Pacific sweatshirt. 
I'm so glad. I know. Seeing it in person? Yeah, it's really good. It's just so good. It's, it's just so too good. good. Can I see this? You can see it, but you can't have it, bitch. No. It's mine. It's mine. So I know the people, it's going to be a controversial decision, but South Pacific. Zombie Kelly O'Hara. Oh, so good. I was, <laughs> I was Kelly O'Hara for Halloween one year, but, um, but zombie, not zombie Kelly O'Hara. But would you rather be um, Nellie Forbush or... Um, Nellie Forbush. What is her name? Annalena Owens. Uh, yeah. Eliza, what's the... What's the what's Annalena the, Owens. That's her name? King, Anna. Anna. Oh my gosh. That's I mean, her name? She's a real person, yeah. I didn't ever knew that it was Leo. Anna what's her Leanna son's Owens. name? Edward? Yes. Okay, I knew that. I think that that would be a fun zombie. I think so. Yeah. Wait, Although, was the, Edward was the wait. Edward was the person that played it at Wichita when we did it. What is the kid's actual name? I think it's Edward. Wichita. Yeah, I'm Wichita. Oh, yes. Talk about that. It's too late. We should. Oh, we we should been, talk about Wichita. It's not too late. The Duda Diner. Oh my god, the Duda Diner. What do you so get to good. eat? Oh my god, I do. I only go on the Sunday when they do the buffet, so I can have everything. Oh. And then they're so nice there that at the counter, if they, they'll give you things that aren't out, they'll be like, "Oh, I'll make it that for you." Yeah, it's incredible. I would always Literally. order the Brutus. What is that? It was just like a meat pile yeah. of everything. Yeah. And if you, it's, could, it, they've gotten like they've gotten a new dining room since we've been there. Oh. They yeah, really, nice. yeah. And if you go there, if you go any, if you go anywhere in Wichita with Wayne Bryan, they treat you up. Yeah, hooked. Like, like to the point of where you're like, no, like, thank you, like, yeah. I went to lunch with him once. He had to like, like, put a cake back in someone's. <laughs> like they were like trying to give him an entire cake. Mm-hmm. Such, a good man. Such a great man. Such a great place. Yeah, Did you work. make it out to um, one of my favorite clubs in Wichita, <laughs> Fantasy? Of course did I did. Do you swim in the pool? No, I didn't swim in the pool. <laughs> I did not swim in the pool. But you know, the last time I was there, I was doing hairspray, and we had this, there was a thing in Wichita called the Brew... The, the uh, downtown, right? The brew um, tour. It was like a brew tour. Brew tour? Basically, you, they gave you a card, and you went to either coffee places or breweries. Oh. And if you got a coffee or a beer, you would get a stamp. And if you got eight stamps, you would get a free t-shirt. And, <gasps> Easy. And my friend, my associate, Katie Drablos, and I spent every You're- waking moment only there yeah. for seven days. Yeah. <laughs> and, we were, and we were choreographing hairspray. So just like uh-huh. do the math of like how difficult it was to choreograph hairspray in seven days. But you need a lot like, of coffee to do and that. We, were, so we would go in the morning for coffee and then afterwards. And by the end, you know, Katie was like, we're doing it. We're going to have to And we got those t-shirts. And, yes. and the, the, there's a photo of us picking them up and the look of pure joy on our faces. But it was cool. We like met so many cool people. And yeah, it's a really great town. Really Have you had town. gelato at Cafe Moda? No. Cafe Moda doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't? You're joking. Oh, that's sad. That's sad. They had one of the best sandwiches ever. The Isabella. The, they had great Gruyere, turkey, apples, oh, mayonnaise. Did you have oh, the cinnamon roll from the lighthouse? Is that mm-hmm. what it's called? The lighthouse? Yes. No. The famous breakfast place. Next time you go back, you gotta. Yeah, I've been to the lighthouse. I didn't know. I know exactly. I can see oh, the yeah, sign. Yeah. I know mm-hmm. exactly where it is. There's a cinnamon roll. I think it's a cinnamon roll that's famous. Very oh, famous cinnamon roll, I believe. Also, the donut hole. The donut hole, I know. Yes. Yeah, well. But also, quick trip. Like, let's yes. not like get too fancy. Like, oh, give me a hot dog. A, on a hot roller. dog. The the number of times I like went home from a from music rehearsal on Thursday. Took a nap and then was running late, so I just ran to Quick Trip and got the two for one hot dogs uh-huh. with a oh my god with like a large root beer. Yeah. yeah, but you're working so hard and so much it doesn't matter. You're also like 18 and you don't know any difference yeah. too. So did you ever have a romance there? 
<laughs> no. No. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably for the best. You don't have a romance with They're very young there. <laughs> no, no, although he does, he did tell me I had nice legs, which oh. is a really big compliment. Thomas W. Thomas. Douglas. Oh, yes, because yeah. he wears kilts. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. so fierce. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's have a game. Caleb, Caleb is our game master. We're going to play a game. Okay. We haven't played one in a while. I know, we haven't played. So this one, we've played before, so we know the rules. You don't know the rules. No. So, um, imagine... You don't listen to the program? <laughs> no. So, imagine <laughs> that these are all revivals, and you are trying to pay homage to them, and a little nod of a hat, while still making your own flair. So okay. you have to describe the choreography that you would do to... Uh, <laughs> but stick in to the course. In a way guess Ellie is going to guess what show you were trying to sell. Oh, okay. So maybe like an icon, like... Okay. You it has to be words, too, so our listeners can imagine yeah. it. It's an audio um, medium. Also, so you're you going to give me the name of a show. I'm going to talk about how I would choreograph it with my own flair, and then you have to guess what the show is. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Here's the gag. Ten seconds. Okay. He has 10 seconds. I have to. We both have to get the show. Yeah. This is stressful. You ready? Yeah. Set. Don't say the name. Go. Okay, this would take place in a pool in Washington Heights. And in there the Heights. would be, um, and there would be, uh, um, dancer dressed as fish. Little seconds. Mermaid? Yes. Okay. Oh, but in the Heights. Okay. I mean, he just said Washington Heights. Immersive. Yeah, I know, I know. No, I meant, but like, that'd be a cool, like, immersive. Yeah, yeah ready? Just... Set, go. Okay, this would be, uh, we would do this at, uh, at this space at Sleep No More, and, and people would, uh, and they would, uh, different identities, but, you know, would, everything would be bought from H&M. No. At the McKittrick? No. Catch me if can. Oh! Uh, why would you put it there? I just literally have 10 fucking seconds. If it was <laughs> 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 You're 15. 15. 15. 15. Go. Okay, uh, instead of tambourines, we would use um, clarinets. Nine. Yeah, and there would be children, um, but they would be all inner city kids. Annie. Music man. Oh. Oh, you were still there. You had a second. That's okay. Don't give up. Okay, I'm gonna give up. Sorry. Yeah, don't give up. Keep giving it. Don't give up. Okay, go. Okay, the, this would be, um, uh, it, this would take place at a synagogue in Brooklyn. Okay. And, um, and it's in, uh, I would use house dance moves instead of traditional Jewish dance. Fiddler on the roof. Okay. Hi. Producers. Oh, yeah. Come on. Oh, no, producer. I said that's hot. I said, come on. Ready, set, yeah. Okay, this would take place at a karaoke bar and definitely full 80s. Um, I, yeah, and it would be like more inspired by jazzercise probably than what it was. 80s show. Wedding singer? Yes. Oh, favorite. That opening that was, number. One of my that was under 15. Time. And I think it was under 10. Because we're great. Go. We're sinking. Oh my god. Okay, this is a good show. And it's originally starred a very charismatic man. So um, I would I would cast Rollis Barza in this role, but he'd have to be super gay. And um, and he's playing an Australian... Um, uh, uh, oh, Boy From Oz. Yes. Oh, yes. right at 15. Yeah, this okay. is hard. This is the last one. Last one. Make it good, okay. make it solid. Okay. Really, do you want to like time to think about it and really get the concepts? Yes. Okay, I'll give you... Got a concept? This is like your elevator speech. 
Fast and Loose, Elevator Pitch. Ready, Ready okay, set, okay. go. Okay, this show is about a bunch of different cultures uh, in the beginning of New York, at the, at the, at the turn of the century. Right time. Yeah, and oh. I would do it in the subways. You would have to, it would, it would all take Hot. Down the subways. Hot! Oh. Yes, yes. I love that. I love these concepts. It was always like, a, a location specific. I, lo- I know, I like that. That was I the fastest thing I've ever seen. I love that. Wait, I'm, I am actually obsessed with the Fiddler. A fiddler revival in like a club in a in a Jew. In, well, this is actually a really interesting story, and it ties together and it brings together soul therapy, which is happening this Sunday, which I hope you all come to. Which is that Sunday, October twenty ninety nine at Black Flamingo. You can follow me on Instagram at Blackstone Choreo for all the information. But plug it. Basically, uh, at, at Soul Therapy, there are Hasidic Jews that live in that neighborhood, and they they come. And they come and they don't they don't dance they don't drink but there's always a Hasidic man or two downstairs just watching everyone dance and it sounds like it would maybe be That's a little amazing. creepy but he's literally they're literally there just sort of they like the music and I assume that they go to other parties at Black Me. I don't think they come just for soul therapy mm-hmm. but they're there and it's this incredible meeting of worlds because they're just like into the house music and there's all these dancers like Wah! and it's actually really kind of incredible so that's what made me think <laughs> how amazing how amazing would a fiddler on the roof because it's all about like culture changing yeah. and like you wanting to either go with it or some things where you draw the line mm-hmm. with like where you go along with mm-hmm. moving forward so would you make the traditional how amazing would it be like, more to like do a gay like a gay fiddler on the roof, and like Whoa. maybe and maybe like maybe like Tevye's like a little old school and is not is not like thrilled with like um, his daughter marrying a trans guy or something, mm. a trans male or something. Oh, wow, wow. Producer is hard because you have to take it out of that time period, which that time period is sort of. Like, but it's so timeless, though. The, That's true. the thing, I agree with you. The culture shifting and Tevye going, ah, do I change That's or do I not? Yeah. And then he makes the decision to usually change yeah. until it's too much for him. I'd like to say something about the recent revival about the Fiddler on the Sure. River, if I may, which is that I, I, when I was like auditioning hardcore, right, it was a period of time where it, it, everyone that was, all the boys that were getting hired were just like muscle boys, right? Everyone was just gorgeous and chiseled and like you had to have the body, the body. body. You just had to have the Broadway body in order to get a job. And that's fine. That was what was going on, right? At that time and, and it, and it was working and whatever. Right. No, no judgment, but obviously it didn't come in handy for me. <laughs> but, I saw Fiddler on the Roof, and, and Fiddler on the Roof, those men were, first of all, dressed in those traditional Jewish garb, mm-hmm. right? And none of them were necessarily like big muscle dudes. They were mm-hmm. all very slender, sort of very real-looking people. Mm-hmm. And I have to say that I think that that show, which I don't think Fiddler on the Roof is ever considered a sexy show, that f- recent revival was the sexiest show I have ever seen on Broadway. I saw a closing. In my opinion. On like the most recent with Danny Burstein. Yeah. Those dancers were so sexy and so good and so grounded. Because it was so natural and like... Mm-hmm. like that like, movement was sexy. Yeah. yeah. It was so sexy. And you know what I'll say too is like there's something about the culture that's like uninhibited but also like very um, traditional. Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? Like in their practicing, it's like, it's like you, you're like uninhibited if you're really like practicing something traditional and that's kind of like the freedom. That's like the oxymoron. It's really like very sexy. I agree. Yeah. On that note, hit Al up on any dating app. (laughs) I'm kidding. I just put them all. I just put them all, but I am really single and I will be at Soul Therapy. So if you're interested, come come on out. 
Well, where Don't can they find you at other besides at Soul Therapy? Like what social media? Yeah, so if you follow me on Instagram, Al Blackstone Choreo, C H O R E O, or Twitter at uh, at Al underscore Blackstone. And where can they take your class at? You can take my class Wednesdays at Broadway Dance Center at 9 p.m. or Tuesdays and Thursdays at Steps at 4.30. Which, guess what? You could listen to this podcast to, um, Wednesday, which is tomorrow for us, and go tomorrow night. Yes, that's true. So go to Al's class. And then you can be like, hey, Al, I feel like I've been listening to you I listen to you on Equity Wine. I'm all about you, and I know you're going to be for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can find us, our show, at Equity One Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And at Twitter at Equity One underscore. Yes, and remember, after this episode, go and check out, by reserve your spot for our live show on uh, November 2nd at 7 p.m. at the new Jen Waldman Studios. Jen Waldman will be our guest. It's going to be a real big. You can watch us do this show live. So go reserve your spot now on our Eventbrite, which all the links will be on our social media. Al is gagging right I'm now. I'm gagging. <laughs> That's so pretty good, I'm gonna, isn't it? Yeah, I'm gonna go. <laughs> so go find the information for that on all of our social media. Caleb, where can the people find you? They can find me at uh, Caleb Dickey. That's D-I-C-K-E. And that's on everything. Like, hit me up. Yeah. DM. DM. <laughs> I don't get enough DMs. Oh, you don't? Yeah, please slide Mine into Alice's right DMs. <laughs> please DM me. <laughs> and you can find me at Elliot Maddox on everything. That's E-L-L-I-O-T-T-M-A-T-T-O-X. And with that, fellas, until next, until time. next time, cheers. <laughs>
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.